So we're continuing our series on David, and last week, Pastor Robert did a, an awesome job on who is David. And so I have been privileged with uh, the task of bringing you uh, the second part of the series, and that is David's de- devotion towards God and the things of God. Uh, so... Last week, we learned that um, who David was, and we also learned some very important lessons for Christian life. At least that's what I uh, took away from it uh, last week, just how, you know, God can use people and um, uh, bring people out regardless of circumstance, right? So it, it was just very, very um it's just a, it's a great lesson last week. So uh, today we're going to look at devotion, right? David's devotion toward the things of God. So let's look at this devotion um, thing. So devotion to anything requires that the heart to be involved, right? Um, so if we think about the being devoted to a spouse or devoted to your children or devoted to a relationship, we have to know that our heart is has to be involved in it in order for us to be devoted. So, and, and the reason it's worth mentioning and the reason why I'm mentioning it is because sometimes we can be so outward, you know, just so focused on our outward works, um, you know, and we have to understand that in any relationship, um, there is that important element of our heart and our heart has to be in it, right? So, I mean, all of us have, have you know, different types of relationships. And we know that when, even if a, a human person um, has a different level of devotion towards the relationship, people can be offended and they could say, you know, I'm, I'm done with this friendship or I'm done with this relationship and um, just break break the relationship apart. So devotion is obviously very, very important. And it's also very important uh, when it comes to God's things as well. And to, that's what we're going to look at and we're going to study um, David. So today's lesson is going to focus on David. Um, and we're going to look at David's heart towards God first. That's the first thing we're going to do. Okay, so we're going to look at David's heart towards God. Then we're going to look at his uh, devotion towards God's things. Um, people worship the church um, and the institution that God has placed. Um, so keep in mind that um, devotion is not necessarily to the things, but devotion is something that's always to God. In order for it to be any type of meaning, have any type of meaning, it has to always be towards God. So as I was studying this, um, there's five characteristics that we're going to look at. And those five characteristics are going to be kind of like a theme, a running theme throughout this evening that I saw specifically or that God brought to my attention. So the five characteristics of a devoted heart, specifically looking at David's heart. So the five characteristics are one, a devoted heart inquires of the Lord. Two, a devoted heart pleases and honors the Lord. 
A devoted heart obeys the Lord. Number four, a devoted heart gives service to God according to their gifts. And number five, a devoted heart sings praises and offers heartfelt worship to the Lord. So like I said, these five characteristics are going to be a running theme throughout the study. And we're going to take a deeper look into the five characteristics specifically later on um, in the second half of today. Uh, when we look at David bringing the Ark of God back to Jerusalem. So we're going to look at it specifically later on, but you're going to see it throughout uh, some of the things that we're going to bring out this evening. Amen. So let's look at David's heart. Um, and like always, guys, I really uh, I enjoy people's participation, uh, questions that you might have, things that you're thinking about, maybe something personal or not non-personal, you know, just a thought. So please do, you know, I'm going to pause. I'm, I'll probably pause in the middle and just, I just want to know that you're there and you're listening. Amen? Okay. Okay, so let's look at David's heart. Um, David's heart in scripture was described as a man after God's own heart. This was God's description of David. And we're going to read that in 1 Samuel 13, 13 to 14. 1 Samuel 13, 13 to 14. And it says, And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, for now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. And it's so this so this verse right here was um, Samuel, the prophet, speaking to Saul and letting him know that God was taking the kingdom from him and giving it to somebody else. And that person that he found, he said, the Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. And we see here the Lord describing David. We know this was just, he was talking about David um, because he was the next king that was anointed as we learned last week, right? So the, um, and he described him as a man after his own heart. And I, you know, for God to say that about a person, a human, is... Um, something to really look at and to really study. And that's what we're going to do. And interestingly enough, which is why I'm including it in this, interestingly enough, it was also recorded. This is in the Old Testament. So this is also recorded in the New Testament in addition. So in the book of Acts, in Acts 13, verses 21 to 22, it's recorded again. And it says, and afterward, so um. So let me just read it. So, and afterward, they asked for a king. 
So God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. And it's, it's, it astounds me um, that this that David, this man, um, was mentioned again in the New Testament. Uh, and and they talks about his heart. And um, that heart is that heart of devotion to God. Amen. So two things stand out here, right? So when we're talking about devotion, the two things that stand out about a devoted heart is that that person's heart is a heart after God's heart. That's number one. And number two, that heart will do all of his will. Right? That's the scripture. It says, a man after my own heart. And then the second one is, who will do all my will. And I believe this is the definition of devotion to God. David's heart was devoted to God and um, is the reason he is constantly used an example of man's love and devotion to the Lord. Amen. Does anybody have anything to contribute at this point? Okay, so we're going to move on. Okay, so... Let's look at David. So we're looking at his heart, right? So obviously we see God explaining his heart to be this heart that is just um, wanting to, is just totally all out to God. And we see the description of how God describes him. Um, And it's even a heavy, I mean, if we look at it and if we're somewhat introspective, and I hope that some of us are introspective as we're looking at this, uh, who will do all my will heart that just does all of God's will. You know, that was David's heart. And if if we think about it, we go, but David made mistakes. Yes, David made mistakes. Uh, He made mistakes, but God still describes him as somebody who is after his own heart and who will do his will. Because the thing is that David's heart was repentant towards God. He wasn't a prideful, all all prideful. He wasn't, you know, he always came back around. And I think that that's something to take note of. Amen. Okay, so let's look at David's devotion towards the things of God. So David's devotion towards the things of God translated into his everyday life, right? How he ruled, how he governed the people of God in Israel, all that David did, um, his aim was to always to bring glory to the Lord. So we're going to look at some quick examples. And then there's um, the example of uh, David taking the Ark of the Ark of the Lord into Jerusalem. And then we're really going to look into some of the characteristics that I mentioned earlier there. But you're going to see them throughout this, right? So some of the examples. So these are the five examples that we're going to look at. So the first example we're going to look at is David. Um, not hurting or killing Saul. So the, obviously some of these, they're not going to be in chronological I didn't put them in chronological order, so don't take them to be in chronological order. Um, so David did not hurt or kill Saul. So 
Why is this significant and why does this have anything to do with having a devoted heart? So Saul was the king, obviously, over Israel before David came into power. Um, And I believe last week, Pastor Robert touched on this topic. But Saul had become jealous of David because of a song that the women were singing that he killed 10,000 while Saul only 1,000. So Saul had jealousy. Right. And with jealousy comes hatred. Right. They're kind of like first cousins in there. Right. So if we remember, it was first Samuel eighteen seven, And it says, so the women sang and they danced and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And the reason I use this example is because we're going to see the type of devotion that God had. And that's what I, I'm bringing out this example, because King Saul started hating David at this point and he became jealous at him and he wanted to kill him. He wanted to kill David. But David's response shows us his devotion towards the things of God and towards what God has instituted. Right? So, um, towards the things that God has instituted. So we're going to look at it, um, So there was an opportunity, right? So what we're going to look at is the opportunity that uh, King David had. Well, not the time he wasn't King David, but the the opportunity that David had to uh, kill Saul. So he had two opportunities to kill him. Um, And one of them... So the opportunity he had was to kill him. Uh, Saul was at his weakest point. He was, um, and I believe I believe Pastor Robert had touched on this. He was at his weakest point, and David had the opportunity to kill him with the sword, but his response uh, was that he was not going to touch God's anointed. Right. Sorry, one second. Sorry, one second. I apologize. But he didn't do it. The reason that he didn't do it was because he knew God's word. And David wanted to keep and honor God's word and those that he placed in power. Number two. So let's look at number two. During his trials, he worshipped God. That was number two. During his trials, he worshiped God. The third one, I don't think I told you all of them. The third one is going to be during war. As a commander, he sought God first. Number four is going to be his desire to build God's temple. And number five is bringing the Ark of the Covenant from Obed-Edom. Okay. So we uh, talked about number one. So number two is during his trials, he worshiped God. 
The book of Psalms is filled with David's heartfelt sorrow, grief, and struggles, and how he continued his relationship with God and continued to worship God. A devoted man keeps his relationships with God and his commands. So there was two Psalms that I, uh, I'm i going to bring out. Um, and like I said, these are going to be quick because I really want to get to the last one. So Psalm 6 says David is sorrowful over some sin that he committed and he goes directly to God. And I don't want to go into reading it, but if you want to read it, you can. Um, and, you know, even in the middle of sin, he's running back to God. Psalm 142, David writes a song because um, there are people wanting to kill him and he's struggling and he's in a cave. Uh, so he goes to God for strength and he goes back to his to his source. And um, that's just an example of uh, God, you know, God just being at David's center of his life. Um, and it shows his devotion to God. He's constantly just going back to him all the time. Okay, so like I said, these are quick ones, okay? Um, the third one is... Uh, during war as a commander, he sought God first. So, I mean, we always have battles, right? So David um, was at war. David was known mostly as a king over Israel, but he was also a commander and therefore a warrior. David always sought God first before making war or engaging in battle with other people. It was a constant through David's life. So the example that we're going to look at is First Samuel 23. 1 Samuel 23, verses 1 through 4. And it says, Then they told David, saying, Look, the Philistines are fighting against Kali, and they are robbing the threshing floor. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save and But David's men said to him, Look, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we go to Kalal against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord once again, and the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Kalal, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hands. When David and his people had thought they had lost all, where did David go? So David was constantly going back to the Lord even in the middle of his struggles, in the middle of war, in the middle of not knowing what to do, um, he's constantly just going back and inquiring of the Lord. Um, I also threw in here 1 Samuel uh, 30 verse 8. says, So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. This was an instance uh, where the people had thought that they had lost everything to their enemies. And uh, David was you know, not knowing what to do. And so he went back to him. He says that he inquired. You can read the whole story yourself. He goes back and inquires of the Lord. So we, uh, there's a lot of just so many instances where David will go back to the Lord and inquire of him. And it shows his devotion to God. Uh, number four we're going to look at is David desires to build the temple. David's desire to build the temple. David desired that the people God entrusted him with would 
have God as their central focus of worship. David desired that God's presence and glory be at the center of all Israel. And obviously, if we if a person that didn't have this type of devotion towards God wouldn't want to have this type of desire. But David just he loved he loved God and he was devoted to God and he was devoted towards the things of God. And I believe this is one of the reasons that made him want to bring the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, into Jerusalem. So we're going to get there. So I'm kind of going a little backwards. So David desired to build a temple. And, uh, you know, I thought of this and I said, what do most governors or presidents want? Isn't it for their countries to be rich and live at peace? But we can't have any of those things if our devotion is in the wrong place or on the wrong things. So David wanted to ensure that God was Israel's heart at its heart and center by bringing the ark back. And the ark represented God's presence and his glory. And he wanted to build a temple for the Lord. Second Samuel uh, chapter 7. We won't be able to read the whole thing. I think I'll just read a little bit. Um, Second Samuel chapter 7 says, Now it came to pass when the king was dwelling in his house, and the Lord had Give hit, given him rest from all his enemies all around, that the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now I dwell in the house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells inside tent curtains. Then Nathan said to God, Go do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But it happened that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Would you build a house for me to dwell in? For I have not dwelt in the house since the same time I brought the children of Israel up from Egypt, even to this day. But I have moved about in a tent and in a tabernacle, wherever I have moved with all the children of Israel. So it continues on. I don't want to take up the whole time because um, for brevity of time. But it goes on because David was looking at, you know, where he was living. He was living in such a nice place and... Um, because David just had that heart that was just devoted to God. He was looking at his beautiful house and he was thinking that the ark of God is in a tent. Shouldn't the ark of God also have its own place, its own dwelling place? And so um, he wanted to build a temple for the Lord. A devoted heart is not selfish. It's giving. And, one, and a devoted heart towards God, shows it shows up in a lot of the things that David did. And um, in this chapter, you'll see, you know, there's a lot more in here, but we also see a God's response and um, what God told David in addition um, in that chapter. It's a beautiful chapter. I, I just, uh, I, I wish I had a little more time to go into it and I don't, but um, it's a beautiful chapter of just how um, a devout heart to God and how uh, God pour, you know, how God made a covenant with David. Um, and it, it's just amazing. So, um, and I, I thought of this because I said to myself, you know, that this verse came into my mind as I was looking at this, at how David's heart was just so devoted to God and always sought after God and always wanted his kingdom, God's kingdom to, um, to, God, to be first. 
in his life. And so I thought of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, which is in the New Testament. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And the verse is not saying that um, God is a genie in a bottle, because sometimes that's how we interpret that verse. It's more saying that having a heart devoted to God, keeping God at the center, and God will take care of us, and we don't have to worry about the simple things of life, like what we will eat, what we will wear, and so forth. But he'll give us everything if we put him first. And you really see that. Um, in David's life. Amen. Okay, so for the next 30 minutes, we're going to look at um, David bringing the ark of God back to Jerusalem or to the people of God. So like I said, I just wanted to do like a quick overview of some other examples of how David's heart was devoted towards the things of God. How he was, you know, he didn't touch uh, Saul because he was God's anointed, you know, even though Saul was out to get him and try to kill him. I think any, any of us in that situation would have wanted to take revenge, right? I mean, you're trying to kill me. Uh, why wouldn't I take revenge? But David didn't. He didn't do it because of his devotion to what God anointed. Um, he, when he was in trials, he didn't, he went right back to God. When he was at war or somebody took something from him, he sought and inquired of the Lord. Uh, when it came to the Ark of the Covenant, he's looking at all his blessings and he just wants to give back to God. So remember I told you there was those five things, right, that I mentioned earlier. The five characteristics of a devoted heart. And um, we're going to go over it one more time before we go into the second half. Because as you can see, it's, it's a running theme, right? So let's look at the five characteristics again. And they are a devoted heart inquires of the Lord. The second one, a devoted heart pleases and honors the Lord. Three, a devoted heart obeys the Lord. Number four, a devoted heart gives service to God according to their gifts. And number five, a devoted heart sings praises and offers heartfelt worship to the Lord. And in just these small examples that we've gone through, and there's so many more in scripture about David's devotion towards God, we can see how he constantly just is truly a man after God's own heart. And I hope you are seeing that, and hopefully I'm doing a good job at, at um, exposing it to you um, in those few examples. But we see him just constantly going back to God, constantly just putting God first and just um, being devoted to him and at all costs, you know, to the point that he puts himself last because he, he knows that. God will, is there and God will always take care of him. And we see that in the Psalms as well. Amen. All right. So let's get into this. Um, let's get into this. Let's, we're going to jump to um, 2 Samuel chapter 6 for the, for the second half of this. 2 Samuel chapter 6. And we're looking at 
David bringing back the Ark of God back to Jerusalem or back to the people of God. And as we know, the Ark of God or the the Ark of the Lord represents God's glory and God's presence, right? So a little history about the Ark, uh, just a little bit. So the Ark of God um, was taken by one of Israel's enemies, the Philistines. Um, you know, it's kind of like uh, somebody trying to take down the White House, you know, kind of thing. If we're talking about America, I'm just trying to um, give you guys an example of some type of uh, to help you to help us all understand. So I don't know if everybody, anybody watched the movie White House, White House Down. So it's kind of like that. Uh, where the t- there's a terrorist group that is wanting to take over the White House because they want to take over America, right? So the, there was a battle between the Israelites and the Philistines, and um, the Philistines had defeated the Israelites, and the Israelites had fled, and they were able to take the Ark of God. They left, the Israelites left themselves vulnerable, and the Ark of God was taken, so so we're going to see what happens to them. Um let me just see right here. So basically, they took the ark. So I'm going to try to summarize this. They took the ark. Uh, The Philistines had it for about seven months. And so um, in those seven months, they try to give the ark back to the people of Israel. Why were they trying to give it back? They were trying to give it back because the ark started causing trouble. What is it you're trying to do? The Ark of God started causing trouble for the people of the Philistines. Okay. Okay. So it was trying to cause trouble for the people of the Philistines. They started becoming sick. um, And a lot of bad things started happening to them. bad things started happening to them so they wanted to bring the uh the ark back to the people they didn't want want it near them anymore right uh it was destroying their idols so they tried to give it back and they tried to uh, so they put the ark on a cart okay um anyway it took them seven months to get the ark out of the land before it got to the house of abinadab And the Ark of God stayed at the house of Abinadab on a hill for 20 years. This is what happened. So here we are. We're at uh, 2 Samuel chapter 6. Starting at verse 1. And we're going to read it together. Again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel. And I hope you guys are following because I think the only way we're going to 
uh, truly understand this is if you're actually being able to read the scripture with me. So 2 Samuel chapter 6, uh, starting at verse 1. And again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal Judah to bring up from there the ark of God whose name is called by the name, the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. So they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark, then David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments of forward, on harps, on string instruments, on tambourines, on sistrums, and on cymbals. And when they came to Nacron's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error. And he died there by the ark of God. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah. And he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David could not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David. But David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Amen. So we're going to look at these 11 verses. And I want to bring out one important point from these verses. So remember I told you that the Philistines were trying to get rid of the the ark, right? So they it kind of like went through hands before they were able to finally give it uh to the house of Abinadab and that's where the ark stayed for 20 years. So now David is coming back to get it to bring it to Jerusalem. Um and as he's taking it back uh, he does. There's a few errors that David does. Okay, and the important thing that I want us to take out from the error that happened from here is that God's instructions to carry His presence is greater than any worldly wisdom or method. And I wanted uh, I I. I was thinking about not um, just cutting it and not using this part, but I want us to see the whole process and how David handled it and David's heart and how devoted his heart was to God's things, which is why um, I'm des- I decided to just continue and we're going to look at this just to grab a few points from it. Okay, so it actually took David two attempts to get the ark back 
to Jerusalem. And David's goal or his desire was to have God's glory and presence at the center of God's people, the Israelites. David's goal was to have God back in their worship. David had planned out the whole production of how they would do it. And David, obviously, as you can see in the scripture read, he was very happy and he was joyful. There were symbols, there was harps. Um, he, they had made a new cart. And there's a thing about this cart. Um, there was a thing about the cart. And David gathered all the chasemen, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him to bring up the ark of God, whose name is the right, the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubs. So, the, so they set the ark of God on a new cart. I want us to look at that part. The mistakes that they made was one of them was to put it on a new cart number two was that Uzzah touched the ark and number three that they had the wrong people in front and in the back of the ark now if we you know if we did a little bit more study here and I'm kind of cutting it for time's sake um, if we did a little bit more study we're gonna see that the ark of God was supposed to be carried. It was not supposed to be put on a cart. So basically they had put it on a cart and the, there was oxen because they said the oxen stumbled. There was oxen that was driving the cart that the Ark of the Lord was on. And um, the reason they used the Ark was because the Philistines had put the Ark of God on a cart as they were taking it to bring it to, to, they were trying to get rid of it. So they had put it in a cart. So David put it on a new cart, the scripture says. I, I think they were thinking in their heads that, oh, well, the Philistines had this nice invention of putting it on a, on a, on a cart. So let's put it on the new cart and let's take it with us. It seemed like a good idea, right? It wasn't a good idea. It turned into a disaster. And David got upset at God. It caused the death of one person. And it caused David to be saddened, depressed, angry, and confused. David's production and plan failed. Um, and his good intentions didn't give him good results. But you see, here's, here's where we're going to go see David's heart. So let's go to um, verse 12. I'm going to bring out my paper Bible. For this. So verse 12. So verse 12 says, Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. David's second attempt was successful. So between those verses, it seemed that David went back and rethought his steps. He rethought about what he did. And it says specifically here that they bore the ark because the ark was supposed to be carried, not put on a cart. 
So he looked at his instructions. He looked at what he did. And he said, this is not how God would want me to do this. And as you can see, it's important that we look at that because it shows his devotion to God's things. He was originally angry and he said, he wasn't angry. He, he looked confused. He stopped being confused. He just went back to God. Amen. So a devoted heart. So here we go again, right? So we're going to look at the theme. So a devoted heart seeks the Lord and his desires. A devoted heart seeks the Lord and his desires. What the Lord wants. So they left it. Um, so let's continue our story, right? So they left the ark at Obed-Edom. And Obed-Edom um, Obed were Levites. They were priests. They were actually the ones that should take care of the ark. So we see here. We see here. It says in verse 12. Now it was told. King David saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. The point I want to bring out here is that when we are doing what God calls us to do, God's blessings are on us. They were the correct people to look after the ark and to be in the presence of the ark. And they were blessed for it. I hope we're seeing that. Every believer has spiritual gifts and calling for service to God. And when we are doing what God has called us to do, we will walk in blessings. And the story I thought of here was um, I had a friend who once told me of somebody that they had as a Sunday school teacher. Um, she was a Sunday school teacher. She became a Sunday school teacher, joined the church, became a Sunday school teacher. Um, and the moment she became a Sunday school teacher, as she started serving, uh, she started experiencing extraordinary breakthroughs in her life. She got healing. She had a job. It was just so many things that happened in just a span of a few months. And I was just blessed by the testimony that my friend shared with me because I was like, wow, you know, that's how God is. When when we are in service to him, uh, we don't have to worry about a lot of things. God will provide for us and he'll bless us. Amen. So actually, I, I when I look at the and I look and I study this part, I said, actually, the whole church, if we would just function in our gifts and and be of service to God and the gifts that God has given us. And in David's life, you know, we see that it was his whole heart was devoted to God. Um, and he was blessed for it. You know, he, it was a, he, David's life just shows the same thing. He was just in service to the Lord because that was his calling. That was he was supposed to do. And God blessed him. And we see that um, in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 1. So the next thing we have here is a devoted heart gives service to God according to their gifts. A devoted heart gives service to God according to their gifts. Okay. The next thing we have, 
let's look, go on. Uh, verse 13 says, And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Um, six paces is not far. And I, I don't think that that detail was in there for just any reason. I believe that detail was in there for a specific reason. And it shows how David heart was so after God that he said, I don't want to take any more steps. I want God to know that I, I'm sorry for how I did, did it the first time. Um, I'm going to do it better. And I want to thank him for what he's allowed me to do and where we're going. And so he stopped and he gave a sacrifice. That just shows. So that brings us to our next point here. It says a devoted heart honors and pleases the Lord. A devoted heart honors and pleases the Lord. Okay. Um, and I mentioned earlier already um, how, and so it was when those bearing the ark that he, David fixed his mistakes to obey God and to do things God's way. Right? Um, and we can use this in our in our daily life, you know. Like I said, God described David as a man after His own heart, but David wasn't free of mistakes, and God understands that. But a devoted heart towards God is just is is absolutely amazing. Is absolutely amazing, and and um, you know, to have that kind of heart. It just, you know, as we as we go through these things, I hope it's ministering um, to us something about a God and being devoted to Him. Amen. Okay. Um, so the the next thing I I wanted to put there was that a devoted heart obeys the Lord. A devoted heart obeys the Lord. He didn't uh, get prideful. He didn't say, oh, you know, it should have worked. It should have been my own way. You know, how many times we just want to do things? You know, we know that God's promises, but we want to do them our own way, the way we want it. And then we want God to bless that plan. Meanwhile, God didn't tell you to do it that way. He doesn't want you to. He wants it a certain way. And you're going to be blessed when we do it his way. Amen. So that's why I wanted to bring out that story in the beginning, because I believe that it was important in um, our devotion to God and in how we're studying uh, David's devotion towards the things of God. So a devoted heart obeys the Lord. Okay, so we're, we're, we're rounding this up and we're closing it up. So let's look at verses uh, 14 to, to 19. Actually, we're going to take that whole big chunk, 14 to 19. Um, and because he's brought it back, right? Uh, he's bringing it back. So verse 14, let's read it. It says, Then David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Bacal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. 
Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Then he distributed among all the people, among the whole multitude of Israel, both the women and the men, to everyone, a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. And we see that David once again puts everything aside and he just wanted to praise God for all his goodness. He was privileged with being able to bring the ark of the Lord back safely. The second time God's presence and his glory were back to the people of God and he worshiped God and the worship was filled with music. He was dancing. He brought offerings. He danced like nobody was watching him. He sang like nobody was hearing him. And he just gave it all to God. Um, and so our last one for this evening is a devoted heart gives God praise and heartfelt worship. A devoted heart gives God's, God praises and a heartfelt worship. David worshiped God so much. I mean, it, it, it says that he was whirling and he was leaping so much that his wife, Michal, so sometimes we're always going to have somebody hate us, right? There's going to be some hater somewhere around the corner. And his wife, Michal, Saul's daughter was angry because to her, David made a fool of himself by dancing and parading. The scripture said that she despised him in his heart. And I want us to look at David's response to that because sometimes I think it shows also his heart, how passionate, how devoted David's heart was to God's things. Um, this was David's response. So David said to Michal, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord and I will be even more undignified than this and will humble in my own sight. But as for the main servants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. And I mention this because sometimes people in our life, even our loved ones, some close made family members might despise us because we worship God or because the way we praise him. But a devout heart will say that I will do even more than this. I will become undignified and I'll be humble in my own sight, but I will continue to worship the Lord. Those that will honor him will honor Will honor those that will honor us will honor us because of the Lord. A devoted heart gives God's praises and heartfelt worship, irregardless of others' opinions and criticisms. Amen. Amen. So let's look at let's round this up and let's close it up this evening. Right? So we see David's heart here, his devotion towards God and his devotion towards the things of God and how he held them so, so important and so special. Um, and we see God blessing him in return. So let's look at the five again, right? So a devoted heart inquires of the Lord. 
a devoted heart inquires of the Lord. A devoted heart honors and pleases the Lord. A devoted heart obeys the Lord. A devoted heart sings praises and heartfelt worship to the Lord. A devoted heart gives service to God according to their gifts. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to stop here and then just ask if you guys um, have any questions on anything. Or comments, contributions. Okay. All right. So we're going to close up then. And uh, we're going to call it a night. Um, and I, I, my prayer is that uh, we took something from this. I know I did as I was studying this uh, piece of now. I was actually glad that um, I was that that Pastor Steve gave me this topic um, because it was such a blessing to me. And like I said, I I pray that it was a blessing to you because it just gave me that um, reverence for the Lord. Um, and that just respect for who God is. And, you know, I hope it makes us to have that heart that's just devoted to God the way David was. He was just such a prime example of what it means to just give yourself wholly to God. And there's no reason to fear. There's no reason to hold back, right? Because without him, where would we be? Um, and I was just filled with just so much that I, I don't even, I don't even have words for it right now this evening, but that my prayer is that we would all have that heart. Amen. That heart that's just devoted to the Lord. So let's pray this evening that that would, uh, be upon this church, that it would be upon us. Amen. That we would also have that heart. Hallelujah. Yes, amen. Yes, his relationship with God is a great example of a father and son always going to him for everything and putting him first and knowing when to say sorry. Yeah, that was Felicia. Amen. That's very true. Amen. Very, very true. And that's how we should be with God. That's how we should be with God. You know, he should be our number one. He will always take care of us. Amen. Always take care of us. He will bless us and he will keep us. His face will always shine upon us right? Amen. Let's pray this evening. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that we could break bread together, Lord God. But may we have this evening a heart after your own heart, a heart that would do all your will, Lord God, that we would put you first, O Lord, that we would also recognize that we are your sons and we are your daughters, Lord God, and we would put you first, Lord God, and that we would center our lives around you, that your presence and your glory, Lord God, would be at our center, that we would bring your presence and your glory back into our lives, Lord God. If there's any aspect of our lives, Lord God, where we have not put your presence and your glory first, O Lord, may we bring it back this 
evening and bring it at front and center, Lord, in the name of Jesus. If any of us are misaligned, O Lord God, may you align us once again by bringing us the conviction, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. And may your presence be with us always, O Lord God. And may we bear you, Lord God, and carry you the way you have instructed us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great evening. We'll see you guys. Uh, Sunday is our worship, 10 a.m. to 11.30. And then next week will be our last installment. God bless you guys. Have a good night.